0: I remember in seminary, and thank you for all of you on Saturdays who joining us in my taking you to seminary with me at no cost, and I remember in my homiletics class, we take a class called homiletics, and we were going through the different topics and the readings, and we were assigned to give example homilies, and I remember the priest giving the statement that The greatest horror of every priest is having to preach on wives be submissive to your husbands. And so I think that that is one that some of our priests, I've done it before, have avoided, but we shouldn't. This is an important topic to understand properly. It's not the society loves to focus on, as we often see, that one verse isolated and in this case not even a full verse one fraction of a verse isolated and they try to manipulate it you know when amy comey barrett was nominated to the supreme court last year of all the things that they could have attacked her for i think the biggest one was her support of the statement and the media just had a field day with this and she was criticized for belonging to a cult like Well, then call that the cult of the Bible because that's what we hear. Now, it's important, though, that we understand that the husband is, is given by God that role to be the head in the marriage. Now, if that's the case, though, if the husband's the head, how can there be true equality? Hmm, it's a good question. We have to look. The Greek, which, remember, the scriptures were written in Greek, The Greek word for head is kapphale, which does not mean boss. It does not mean that. It means one who brings fullness. Big difference there. This is the same word used as I had novice Jeff read the long form that describes Christ as head of the church, Does it sound like Christ is a domineering boss? No, he's a loving head that brings fullness. And so who is is he the head of us, the body? Now the head and the body are one. This is the unity, like husband and wife. They depend on each other, okay? This is clear. But I always used to see my dad, when my mom would be next to him at church and this passage would be read, Every year we'd hear this passage and my dad would give the old elbow to my mom. Did you hear that? Wives be submissive to your husbands. Well, the thing is, men, you got to listen because you have skin in the game too. If you notice, Paul says right after that, men love your wives. And the context is to the point of death to the point of dying. So husband and wife are really subject to each other. And I think that was the first verse that Jeff read. Um, If they would do the long form, be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. That is the key. We don't hear about that part. We just like to hear the media jump in on that one little part and make it sound like the Catholic church is chauvinistic. Uh -uh. So they are subject to each other. A wife, she subjects herself to her husband by accepting his role as head, not head as a boss or domineering, but head as somebody who guides and leads. Remember, the objective of marriage is to get your spouse to heaven. Now she cooperates with him. This is how a marriage, you want a marriage to be successful. This is how a marriage can be successful. First of all, she cooperates with him in filling that role of service to her and the children. That's what it means to be a true head. That husband is to be of service to the wife and the children. And the husband, in return, is also subordinate. He subjects himself first to God. Remember the order? God first, spouse second, children third. Very important, you've heard me say this. A Lot of people put child worship on the top. We have to realize the order of importance, especially in a marriage. God first, spouse second, children third. And so he subjects himself first to God, then to his wife by accepting her need for love and care to the point that he would give his life. That's what postulant Jeff, oh, I'm sorry, novice Jeff, just read. I got to get used to that. Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. So there's two sides to this coin. So here the husband, as Jeff just read, signifies Christ and his wife signifies the church. This is why the priest who's in persona Christi isn't married to a female spouse. They are married to the church. That's our spouse. And that's why the husband signifies Christ and the wife signifies the church. There's no domination in either. Women should be subordinate, it says. Oh, how horrible this is. The church is so chauvinistic. Let's listen. Women should submit, but in the way like the church does to Christ. That's how submission means. Not a slave, not uh, uh, unworthy, undignified subordinate, but to submit like Christ, or excuse me, the church to Christ. And men They must sacrifice. This is the goal. Like Christ gave his life for the church. So the man is to be willing to do that. So the headship of the husband is not about worldly power, about degradation of the wife. It's not it at all. God created both male and female. And notice he stopped there. There is not 27 other genders here male and female. Made it very clear here. So they have different but complementary roles. That's why when people always say the church is chauvinistic because women are not ordained priests, it's a different but complementary roles in the church. I've always pointed out, I always tease my diocesan priest friends, do you know who has a higher calling? Now I'm talking not in the power of the sacraments, but just in the way of life. A cloistered nun or a diocesan priest. Actually a cloistered nun. Cloistered nun has a higher calling in the way of life. It's not about sexism or chauvinistic. It's different, but complementary, And in many times equal. In the worldview of equality, we have twisted this completely. This dangerous things that are going through Congress under the guise of equality acts are very dangerous. There's a difference between equity and equality. And that's a topic for a whole nother homily. But anyway, they want you to think there's no longer male or female functions. I'm reading things that boys are being given barbie dolls to play with, girls are being given trucks to play with, in goals to wipe out all gender, gender identity. This is insanity. There is a different but equal and complementary role here. And they think everybody now should have the same role. Society can't function that way. We are different. We are different but equal, different but complementary. Now, I've sold this example before, told this example before, and I'll mention it again because I think it's it's powerful. Growing up, four of my favorite TV programs uh, were Everybody Loves Raymond, Home Improvement, The Simpsons, and Married with Children. Those are four of the TV programs. I didn't watch much TV, but when I did, those were four of them. I didn't realize too much later in life that all four of them, all four of them have the same theme. The husband is a bumbling, buffoon idiot that is completely incapable. And I think that's part of this agenda in our world today to bring down, you know, people now wanna bring everything into racism and this racist movement that everybody is jumping aboard, actually at the heart of it, if you read the true meaning of it, it's pro-abortion, pro-transgenderism, pro-gay marriage, and pro wiping out the patriarchy. It says it right in their own website manifesto. I'm not being political, I'm just giving the facts. And the facts are their goal is to wipe out the patriarchy. This is not God's plan. We just read it. And so what I wanted to say here is it leads to chaos. If there's no ordering of functions in marriage, there's no family leader. I used to use the example, And I I used this example last year when this reading came up. So if you heard it, I apologize. But it's so powerful, I think. And that is ballroom dancing. It's so powerful because if there's no true leader in ballroom dancing, it won't work. But you need both. You need the man and the woman. An example in this ballroom dancing. The leading is one function and following is a different but equal function reciprocal and complementary both are needed both husband and wife are needed in the ballroom dance both husband and wife are subject to christ like the man and the woman are subject to the music they dance to all right a woman can't submit husbands if you're stepping all over her toes if you are a husband who is stepping all over your woman your wife's toes she cannot follow it's not going to work it's the same in a marriage a woman cannot submit to an abusive husband it's hard who does not follow the music of god if the husband is doing this and he's abusive not following the music of god stepping all over her toes how can she how could she be subordinate to that in the same way a man can't lead If the wife is pushing him all over the dance floor, this isn't going to work either. In a marriage, husband cannot lead the family with a perpetually domineering wife. That too is not going to work. Both need to let the Holy Spirit lead them in faith. And there can be no dance and certainly no marriage if you're not listening to the music of the Holy Spirit. That's important. If you choose marriage, if that's God's calling for you, like a dance, the husband accepts the duty to lead and the wife to follow. That's all this passage means. And it doesn't mean in a domineering sexist way. It means in a complementary way. Both are needed. So I wanted to finish with the addressing the fact that the church is anti-women. And I always point out, no, nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus loved women. He had a ministry that involved heavily the support of females. In fact, who are the three first witnesses of the resurrection? Women. Very much so. Jesus also followed the rules of the family that God gave to Adam and Eve. Who's the holy family? Jesus, Mary, Joseph. Who's the most important? Jesus. Who was second most important? Mary. But who was the head of the family? Joseph. And this is what we have today. You know, the Holy Family is a great example. And this is what our popes have been telling us. You know, Pope Leo's my favorite of all the popes. He weighed in on this. Listen to the words of Pope Leo the 13th. Because she is flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone, let her be subject and obedient to the man, not as a servant, but as a companion, so that nothing be lacking in honor or in dignity for the wife. John Paul weighed in. He said, authentic love requires that a man have a profound respect for the equal dignity of his wife. <clears throat> you are not her master but her husband. She was not given to you to be your slave, but your wife. Reciprocate her attentiveness to you and be grateful for her love. I tell you, if we followed this direction of God, the divorce rate amongst Catholics wouldn't be the same as the rest of society. And I wanna finish by saying that basically the thing is, if a man is the head, I think you could say the woman is the heart. I really see that. If he leads, she loves. That's how I see in the most beautiful families. That to me. But if he isn't willing to do that, if he isn't willing to sacrifice, and he cannot point to me, he can't point to this verse and say, listen to this, honey, be submissive to me. You gotta be willing to sacrifice. You can't demand that your wife obey you if you're not leading properly. You know, note that when wives are told to be subject to their husbands, it has nothing to do with status. Well, Father, that's what it sounds like. You're telling me I'm an inferior status. No, two persons can have equal status while one person is subordinate to the other. Did you hear that? Jeff just read, be subordinate to each other. But, you know, two people can have equal status, but one is subordinate to the other. What do I mean by that? The Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have absolutely equal status. The Father is equal to the Son. The Son is equal to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's equal to the Father. They're all equal. But the Son is subordinate to the Father. And the Holy Spirit is subordinate to the Son that's why submission submission means putting yourself under someone's mission wives to be submission is putting yourself under your husband's mission what is your husband's mission to get you and your children to heaven don't you want to be under that mission that's what it means submission Under the mission of your husband, what's your husband's mission? Get you and your children to heaven. This is the beauty of this message, yet few know it. It's to get you and your children to heaven. It means allowing him to serve you as head of your household, service to you, protection of you, not domination. You know, I've always pointed to the service, the secret service in the government. What's the job of the secret service? Their job is to protect the president, not dominate him. Same with the husband, same in marriage. So wives, give your husbands a chance. If he fails, doesn't go to God, doesn't listen to the music of God, then yeah, you might have to take over. However, if you do give him a chance and invite the music of God into your marriage, you might find, given your support, He will lead. And then, maybe, just maybe, your family will be more like the Holy Family. The perfect example. Praise be to God for the gift of the family. And as that Cardinal told Sister Lucy, the final battle between God and Satan will be over marriage and the family. We are seeing that in this absurd world we are living in right now, that wants to completely redefine marriage, wipe out gender identity, and totally redefine everything God has established. We can't do it. So let us pray, especially today, for our families.
1: Are you a Marian Helper?